Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Okay, Philippians 2, verse 14, and this is going to be my last one on this, and then Herb's going to go into a series starting next week. Um, But uh, Philippians 2, verse 14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. How many have realized it's getting more crooked and more perverse? Among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. So you have to hold this word. Everything else in this that's outside of the spirit of Christ in this world will just gravitate towards you. In fact, you have to resist it. You have to drive it out. So when it comes to evil things, how many have noticed that healing does not, is not contagious? Like physical healing is not contagious. But sickness is. <laughs> you ever thought about that? You ever thought about these things? It's because of the spirit that's operating in the earth. The spirit that has authority in the earth. Now people say, well, we have authority. We do, but we don't rule the world. The world will not be ruled by the church until Christ returns. Um, I'm not going to get into end times. But anyway, so um, until that happens, Satan is the God of this world. And that's not going to change, okay, until Christ returns. People say, well, he's already been defeated. Yeah, he already has. And we enforce that defeat. But what is the purpose? Why did God leave us here? The purpose is for lost souls. Primarily. The primary purpose is not for prosperity. It's not for all the... Ben- Those are benefits. It's a good thing. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit, healing for the body, uh, baptism in the Holy Spirit. In other words, gifts of the Spirit. Um, so I think sometimes people think the word of faith means I get my flesh to be comfortable. That's not the word of faith. The word of faith is, is your flesh dies and you obey the Lord. And this is why what people call the word of faith doesn't work for them, because they love themselves first, not the Lord. It's true. You say, how do you know? I've proven it in my own life. (laughs) I've done the wrong thing, and it didn't work the way it was supposed to. Now, we have authority in the midst of what? We have the authority in the midst of, uh, uh, of... trouble and trial and all those things going on. Now, we're pretty comfortable here uh, in America in these things, but we're starting to see the stir of the enemy and the spirit of Antichrist operating. So what if, what if okay, let me, let me just give you a scenario, okay, that is not outside the realms of the Bible. What if half the states, or we'll say greater than half at this point, in the United States uh, stay free, but the other half goes socialist? All of a sudden, missions work is not overseas. It's just a state border. People say, well, I don't know if that would happen. It could happen. Like this year. It could very easily. Um, The stuff that's going on in the world. And there's a teaching out there called, well, I'm not going to talk about this in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to throw it out there and go on. But uh, there's, a, there's a teaching out there called uh, kingdom theology or dominion theology, which teaches this, that if we really understood who we are in Christ, we'd take over the world. That's not true. 
the world will be dominated when Christ returns and we have glorified bodies. That's when he'll rule with an iron scepter, okay? But we're not going to, without the return of the Lord, we're not going to take over the world. To say that would mean that people no longer have free will, and that's not the dispensation we're in. The dispensation we're in is one of grace where the Lord is extending immense mercy in the midst of people having free will to choose whether they're going to receive that mercy or not. And so what will happen is people say, well, when will we rule? When Christ returns. And it's going to be a bloody affair. <laughs> Many people don't want to talk about that either. But Revelation is pretty clear. It'll be as deep as the bridles on the horses. So that's a lot of blood. Have you ever seen where the bridle sits on a horse? You know what I mean? So that's a lot of blood. So that will come. But until then, what is, people say, well, what is the purpose of our authority and our dominion? To win souls. To plunder hell and populate heaven. And so when it comes to sometimes with end times, people say, well, I don't, and I believe why people come up with the doctrines they do is because they don't want to be afraid of what could be in front of them. But I don't see where the early church ever um, prayed that, you know, uh, they, they, they believed God to overcome in the midst of trial. They didn't, they didn't say, we, don't, we shouldn't have any trials at all. Um, if, you, if, if that's your belief system, then you just need to go to heaven now. <laughs> because, and this is where God's training us, because there's a lot of the church that can't even overcome, uh, you know, simple things at their job by faith. I mean, they're getting, you know, they can't even overcome a little disagreement in the church they attend. No, I'm, I'm not going to church anymore. The preacher said this. And it's totally a minor issue that doesn't, it's not like, you know, Christ isn't the only way to heaven. <laughs> minor issues. And so when it comes to this, and this is why it's important with this, not to not complain. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9. I am not a dominion theology guy. And I'm not talking about the voting systems. <laughs> I'm against those two. What I mean by that is that we have authority in the name of Jesus, but it for for specifically for you and your family and for your realm of influence where you have influence, it's limited in in to a degree. And people say, well, the body of Christ as a whole has authority. Yes, but for what? I don't have authority over another person's will. That means that the globalists and those that are the Luciferian people who want to rule the world because it's the spirit of Antichrist, they can yield to that spirit even if, I, even if I bring the revelation of the word in demonstration and power, or you do to somebody, they have the right to choose in this dispensation whether or not they're going to receive that or not. I can't make you get born again. If, if I could, we'd be out of here. I just go make everybody, you know what I mean? If God was going to make anybody do anything, he would make them receive him. But that's not his plan. That's not his design. Um, because then it's not true love, right? 
So we need to realize that what's happening is, in, and I've noticed it in what the Lord has had us teach in all these areas, is God is growing up the church greater and greater and greater. We're learning how to function even more out of the resurrection. Now, when people hear that, a lot of times they think, signs, wonders, and miracles, this is what we need. That is a, those are signs, wonders, and miracles are wonderful. We need them. But what the church needs is spiritual maturity. In other words, character. That's why, because, and people say, why? Because character is the thing that holds power. It's the only thing that can hold power. Come on. Think it all the way through with me here. What do you mean character holds power? Now, this affects healing in your body, blessing in your finance. It affects every area of your life. But character holds power because character is the spiritual grace or the fruit of the Spirit is the grace that is the sticking point, the glue, the foundation for being able to build big and wide. Because true power in demonstration, how many have, through the years, know of church scandals, know of preacher scandals, Come on, I mean, think about it. What caused the fall of major ministries that were doing powerful things for God? A lack of what? Character, every time. So you, in in our personal lives, and then in in the corporate church life, if the church doesn't hold character, in fact, if the church doesn't walk in love, walking in love is the supreme witness of the church. Above your tongues, above your miracles, above your prosperity, above your divine healing, above your miracles, signs and what, love is the number one thing. It's the only thing that can hold the power. And what I mean by hold is just, it's a container, right? So in other words, the Lord says it like this, you can, and we've said this before, I got this from Mark Hankins, the Spirit of God said it to him, you will get certain places, I'll get certain places in my life based on trusting and believing God. And then there are other places in the Spirit that you'll get because God trusts you. Right? Which gets real serious real quick, doesn't it? Right? This is wonderful because in church today... um, I have, I'm going to review the soldier, but I was, I was given, I had my brother, my younger brother, uh, write down part of his training for me so I could share it with you. So you'd know what a soldier goes through. Some of you know, but what he went through, a lot of people don't know. And then you'll understand more why Paul compared, uh, Christianity and living as a disciple to a soldier and what he was seeing in his day the discipline, the routine, all those things. All the things that Pentecostals, certain Pentecostals that I know, say is religiosity if you do it. That you're out of the spirit if you're disciplined and ordered. Except there's so much in the New Testament on it. So much. uh, That it's revelation truth. See, what holds us in the spirit is our heart attitude. It isn't isn't external uh, rituals and those type of things. Or not having rituals and those type of things. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. So even in the area of complaining, the thing that God is doing with us is this. He's teaching us how to live from within out. It isn't just a matter of, well, I'm just not going to complain because that's bad. You shouldn't, we shouldn't complain, not because it's bad. I mean, that's a reason. 
but because it's not your nature to complain. You're telling me that the Holy Spirit within you is complaining. <laughs> it, just, it just grinds that sucker right down to the, to, the, to the foundation of it, doesn't it? You know what else? It makes it a little bit more tough and a little bit stronger than the law. Grace is. Because it's the nature within. Well, I, it just doesn't feel like that. Yeah, this is the contention. This is the battle that is within every person. The Galatians 5, verse 19 through 26 battle. My two natures that are operating. One is in my flesh, which is not really me. It's just the house I live in. And one is in my spirit, who is truly me. And it's the nature of God. Because if any man be in Christ. Right? So we have that ability within us. Well, it's tough. Yeah, but you know what? Freedom comes out of extreme discipline. Right? So with my kids, I don't chew them out or, or correct them and discipline them for the purpose of proving that I'm in control. There is a point in the parent being the lead and demonstrating that authority over the children. Now, if you listen to the psycho psychological culture, they'll say, oh, you're just being domineering. You're just being, yeah, you have to, you have to literally abandon the Bible and to screw your kids up. You do. And, and there are whole churches that will teach you to do it. <laughs> People say, well, you, you, just, you just keep, you keep your kids, your kids, you're, you keep your kids in order. And when you do, you're, 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 they're going to hate you. No, they won't. As long as I do it biblically, they'll see it as they leave. See, my goal isn't just to have peace in my house. That's a goal. My goal is that what I put in my child will work when I'm not around. That is my goal. Why? Because that's what the scripture says. You're saying they'll be perfect. No. They're going to hear the word of the Lord when they screw up and they're away from me. You say, how do you know? I proved it in my own life. My grandparents, my, my mom's parents, to say, they'd tell me all the time, especially my grandmama, my grandmother, mother's mother. And uh, she would say, now, Shawnee, every night we lift you up before the Lord and we pray for you. And I'd say, and I'd, I'd go, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> you know, in my mind, as a teenager, I'm going, oh, okay. <laughs> I knew they did it, but I was like, what's the point? You know, when you're rebellious, you're just, you're dumb. Okay, so, I said it about me, not you. Okay, so, <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. We're striving for a crown. Part of this is being temperate in all things. Part of this is being controlling the nature of the flesh. The scripture says in Romans 6, that the desires or the nature of the flesh shall not have control over you because you're not under the law, you're under grace. What does that mean? People sometimes get confused about this. The law tells you what you're not supposed to do, but it never empowered you not to do it. Now, there's a whole grace movement that teaches, that they teach, well, you can just do whatever you want because you're under grace. That is the worst teaching. I mean, I'm not going to get mad. Okay, so it's so weak spiritually and not thought out, it's amazing. 
It's, it's, it's impressive the ignorance that is taught by that. Grace is given to you, extended to you as an unbeliever without your works. And salvation is extended through that as an unbeliever so that you can receive it. Because obviously you can't earn your salvation. But the impartation of grace after that is an empowerment to dominate the nature of the flesh. And this is where many have missed it in the church. They'll stay, we can stay struggling in an area. It's because of a lack of light in that area. You can stay struggling in an area for years and years and years. And in all actuality, you have the key to just open the prison and leave. If you understand who's in you. Does that make sense? There is nothing that you've been, you and I have been tempted in that is not common to man. And with the temptation, the Lord, what? Always provides a what? A way out. Now, that sounds like God brings a temptation, but he doesn't. He provides the way. This is the way it's translated. He provides the way out. So that means every time that means in every area of my life where I have not walked in the nature of God, the nature of the resurrection within me, including complaining, there's a way out and I just have not walked through it yet. So the responsibility falls back on who? Me from the standpoint of the will to choose to engage on the grace that I already have by faith and begin to walk that out. In other words, what? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no for the flesh, right? So I can dominate that. I can live. There is empowerment for me to complain about nothing. I love this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't go there. You stay in 1 Corinthians 9. 2, verse 14. I got to read it to you again. Do all things without complaining. What does all things mean? Wow. Even the things you don't like to do? <laughs> right? I th why write this? And where is Paul writing it from? Prison. House arrest. Being arrested and being in 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 uh, chained to Roman guard, to a Roman guard. And what is he not doing? Not complaining. Come on, you have all the freedom to go to Walmart or wherever you want. And, and I get mad at the car that doesn't see the green light within a half a second. That's not okay. That's immaturity on my part. That's complaining. And then, not only that, do it without disputing. We make a sport of disputing. Especially in families. We dispute when the other person isn't there. <laughs> Let's just let it settle in. It's hurting anyway, so embrace the pain. Or as my brother said, oh, this may offend somebody, but that's okay. I think it's really funny. He was, we were talking about boot camp and stuff like this, and and he said, Sean, in the training process, we all had the mentality of embrace the suck. <laughs> you say, what do you mean by that? Have you ever heard people say, this sucks? 
You know, it's, it's a way of saying, I hate this. In boot camp, they were like, nope, we don't complain about nothing. We embrace the suck. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty good. It's got to be in the Greek somewhere. <laughs> in other words, this teaching, this preaching, this uh, meant, why? This is what I have to think about. We're going into 2021. Why teach on this? Why have the Holy Spirit deal with us about this? Why? There's so much we don't know about these next few years. So we need to build into us what we do know. And what's in this word, so that when we're in the confusion, we're not confused. Right? In other words, when the world's going, come on, think about it. The world is in panic over a virus that has a 0.01 death rate. That's foolishness. That's complete insanity. Not to mention the PCR test that they use. The amplification rate on that thing is massive. It's so amplified, it could prove you have something you don't have. Because normal amplification on those tests is like seven times or 17 times, and the PCR test that they're using is 40 times. And if you go into the history of the PCR test, basically that test and the maker of it said this. He said that that test, if you, if you want, it can make... Could you, how many realize this? You have so many things in your body right now that are not, that, that your body is just keeping at bay. It's true. You and I both. This body is dying. If the medical community wanted to, they could find just about anything in you. Right? And I'm not saying all the medical community is bad because they're not. But we need to find those that love the Lord in that community and that will stick with truth. And people say, oh, no, the government would never, you know, do this or that. Are you kidding me? They're the same people that were back at the Tower of Babel. They're the same people that worshipped all the foreign gods back then that they are today. It's the same group. Any politician that will stand up in front of you and smile and say it's necessary that we have abortion will kill you. Or me. It's the truth. People say, oh, no, the world is such a better place. The world is hell. The hearts of men are evil without Christ. <laughs> oh, no, no. The, the, the Bushes and the Clintons, they would never. Oh, no, they would never. So we don't get a complaint in the midst of it, but we do need to understand that it's there. The world is not a good place. The world is ruled by Satan. It is evil and it is ingrained with death. And the spirit of Antichrist flows, including, sorry, sorry guys, within yours and my flesh. And we have to dominate that nature. Thank God greater is he who's in us. Right? I don't have to fall into the deprivation of the world because I have the resurrection of the Christ within me. Isn't that wonderful? 
We're going to need to know this. People say, well, complaining, what's that got to do? I mean, it's end times. Listen, complaining gives avenue to the enemy in to begin to, and what complaining really is, is idol worship. You're worshiping something that is opposite of what God has said or in front of you. That's a problem that the enemy has created. And you're saying in complaining, I worship this situation. God, you're not able to get me out. Do you see that? I, I, the only way I can say that is because of Exodus. But let's look at this. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 through 27 says this. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is what? Temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it to obtain a per- an imperishable crown. So what are we after? I'm after something eternal here. Okay? I am headed... Now people say, people say, uh, you know, they say, well, my salvation is based on what... On what Jesus did. I can't earn it. You're absolutely right. But there are rewards past that. And people, there is a, I've, man, I've run into people that I share this with them and they hate this verse. <laughs> now they, they think it's me that they hate, but it's not because they don't want any pressure on them at all to do anything. But they don't see it because the pressure is not on me other than to obey and submit to God's empowerment with my will. In other words, how do, I get, how do I walk in love daily? How do I walk in what Christ demonstrated to me? I yield to Christ within me. This is about submission and worship because every day I can present my body a living sacrifice. And every day I should. In other words, your Christianity is not attending Wednesday and Sunday. Your my Christianity is every single day. It's not do's and don'ts. It's a yielded to the Spirit. They that walk in the Spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, your Holy, the Holy Spirit within you and the ability of God within you, it will not lead you into fleshly things. So what will the Holy Spirit not do? He will not lead me into complaining. And disputing. He'll actually lead me away from that. So what? I run my race being what? Temperate in all things. Controlled in all areas. By what? The Holy Spirit. Which is the key to freedom. Have you ever seen an undisciplined kid? I'm not talking about kids that act like kids. But there's a kid that just has not been parented. And they get in trouble. I had youth like this. They would intentionally do things because negative attention was better than no attention. In other words, their parents had not taken care of them at home, had not raised them. Basically, they just donated the proper materials to make the kid and then wandered off. And didn't take, even though they're in the same home, kids are longing for structure and discipline. My kids know we're like clockwork. Boom, 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 boom. And it's not that we don't do fun things. No, that's because of Heidi. That we do fun things. Because I would just be militant day in and day out. You say, why? I don't know why. I'm just that. It's my parents. my dad's fault. <laughs> it's, for whatever reason, me and my younger brother have talked about this. For whatever reason, in our mentalities, and all of us McFarland kids are pretty much the same in this way. Even my sister is disciplined. I mean, she is just, and work, man, work, 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 work. It's amazing. 
It's, 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 it's got to be a gene or something, Mom. I don't know. Anyway, okay. I haven't figured it quite out yet, all the way out yet. But we're geared to work and structure. But specifically, we see that we can control complaining in our lives through temperance. Verse 26, therefore I run thus with not uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my what? Body and bring it into subjection. Why would we have to discipline the body? Because it wants to complain. What is the worst member of your body? Your tongue. By far. People say, well, it's these sins, it's these sins. No, it's sins of words. And how is complaining shown? How is it, it, the primary source is what? The mouth. So instead of being thankful, I'm now whining. And what am I not in anymore? Faith. I'm out of faith now. I'm out of love. Because love would take no account of a wrong suffered. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> I know, I leave the service too going, Lord... It's got to be by grace, because there's no way I'm doing this on my own, you know? But I'd hate to have a religion that didn't have high standards that were impossible for, for humanity by themselves. They're impossible. But with God, all things. So I'm, I'm tapping into the grace of what? My father never complains. He never does. Now, he'll state truths, and this has to do with motivation of the heart, but he never complains. He never does. God does not have a bitter bone in his body. He doesn't have unforgiveness. He's just life and love all the time. Pretty impressive. It'll, it'll put you in awe of him, reverence. He says, so I don't, I don't fight as beating the air. What does that mean? Part of, not, part of fighting right is putting my body in subjection, which means I stop complaining. Discipline, the word discipline means to hit under the eye. It means to subdue one's passions. This was Paul's suppressive treatment of his body in order to remain spiritually fit. Okay? So, what this is, to disable... One, one uh, commentary put it this way, to disable an antagonist as a pugilist. An antagonist is someone who offends or who offers opposition. What, who is offering opposition in our life? The nature of the what? Flesh. And you defeat that as a pugilist, which is what? A boxer. <laughs> People are like, I love this. Bring me an antagonist, I'll punch him. <laughs> no, it's me dealing with my antagonistic flesh as a pugilist. Paul said what? I buffet my body, right? Not I buffet my body. I buffet my body, right? This is, Paul was not like, I go to Golden Corral <laughs> and this is how I keep my body under. No, that's not what he was saying. It means to hit under the eye. Now, I'm not saying you should physically hit yourself, but what you should do is have things in your life that cause your body to go, I hate this, which is why I exercise. I don't care if it's walking 10 minutes around the house. 
I don't care if it's walking up and down the stairs a few times. I don't care what it is. Do something that your body, when you think about it, your body goes, eh, let's not do that. (laughs) In other words, your body is an antagonist and you're a pugilist, so punch the thing. Make it hurt. Oh, no, we're Americans. We shouldn't hurt. Deny it sweets for a month straight. No sugar. Deny it. I know people, I don't even have to, I could do like four hours and people are like, oh. (laughs) You'll feel better. Your body will feel better. And here's how dumb my body is. My body will go, no, I don't want to go on a diet. And then it'll lose all the weight and go, look how good we look. My, fa- my body, I figured it out. It is so stupid. The only thing it's good for is to be beat and slavery. That's it. I'm, I need a new one. I need a new body. That's what I need. And God knew that. Yeah, people were like, I want one too, you know. I like, you ever look at exercise things and you go and, and all the things on them are like, you'll have your self-confidence back. My confidence doesn't come from my physical But yet there's Christians that are sucking that up like, oh yeah, this is who I am. Because what? You got a muscle back? And it's bigger than the other guy's muscle? It's all going to dust. I don't know if you've noticed. I've noticed in my life. It sags. This is why people ask me, do you have any tattoos? None. Why? It's going to be started here, ended up down here by the time I'm 90. Especially, and I think we're okay, especially people that get those big gauges in their ears. Can you imagine? I, and, and we love, you know, we love anybody that comes. And we'll, we'll help them. But I, if it were me, now this is my personal opinion. This is not the, the Bible, okay? But if it were me, I'd have to get them things fixed. Of course, my ears are so small anyway. Probably couldn't get much of a gauge in there, you know. <laughs> yeah, got tiny ears. But I'd have to get them sewn back together later on, you know? Be able to take my ears off. Okay, <clears throat> I had to get new ears. In other words, we're to beat our flesh. All right, let's go to Exodus 16. Let's look at this. Exodus 16, verse number one says this. And this is an example of Israel and Moses in the desert. And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The word complain in the Hebrew means to stop or stay permanently. Isn't that interesting? The word complain in the Hebrew means to stop or stay permanently. In a bad sense, to be obstinate. Have you ever looked at your kids and said, you're being obstinate? In other words, what are they not doing? They're not doing what you've asked them to do. They're stopping where they are, and they will not move. So in our faith and spiritual development, if we're in a pattern of complaining, what have I now done? I've now stopped my spiritual development. (laughs) 
You wouldn't think that in the Hebrew, that's why didn't they just put the word stop? And the, and, and the children of Israel uh, stopped against Moses and Aaron. That's what they did. They stayed permanent. In other words, how many realize this? That the first generation died where they wouldn't stop complaining. Which was where? The wilderness. And what was the prophetic word over their life? The promised land. You know, I've heard preachers teach, and I don't know how they come up with this, that it was God's will that they stay in the wilderness. I'm thinking, are you like purposely closing your eyes when you're reading or what? How could that be? God's design was spiritual development through that process and the test of their faith, but they failed the test. And if you read it, you'll see that he said that. I didn't put you in the wilderness so that I could stop you there and kill you there. I put you there to prove you. So that what? In the midst of your difficult situation, what was in you would rise to the surface so you could look at it and go, that doesn't look like God. We better get rid of this and put something else in. So even in seeing where we've missed it, it's the Lord saying, hey, pay attention. I want you to go into the promised land, but if you don't beat complaining, your faith won't function at the wall of Jericho. Right? Well, that's hard on me. Actually, it's just hard on your flesh. Your spirit loves it. Because God is, God is not opposed to correction. Amen. It's good, isn't it? It's tough, but it's good. Verse 3, And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we would have died in the land, <laughs> at the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. The hand of the Lord wasn't in Egypt. The hand of the Lord is in the promised land. It's leading them out. God's will was not that they be slaves. They ended up there because of iniquity, because of sin. They ended up in bondage because of sin. It wasn't, that was not God's original plan. That's a detour in the process because of the decisions we make. How many know God has to adjust things because of the decisions we make? But I love the grace of God because people say, well, I've screwed up plan A, B, and C for my life. That's okay. He has through Z. <laughs> he has through Z, okay? He'll always, God will never stop the progression of a person who has a truly open and repentant heart before him. He never will. He's gracious, amen? So these are things. They say, oh, that we would have died when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. Do you remember uh, uh, Forever the Victim, Mike? I don't think so. This was a message by T.D. Jakes years ago. And I, have, I think I still have the tapes. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. The tapes. I didn't say the CDs. I said the tapes. And the younger generation is going, Tape, you stick it on the wall, put paper. Okay, and, and he preached on this. He had a series called Forever the Victim. I don't think so. You know, there's people's whole lives, they're victims of everything. Everybody else. It's all their fault. I wouldn't be this way. If, no, I am the way I am because I've chosen it. No matter what anybody has done to me. Now, I, there are things that, as a kid, things were chosen for me that I couldn't control, but as an adult, I can choose how I deal with what was chosen for me. And I'm graced to overcome. Amen? I'm not forever the victim. 
But this is a victim mentality. We ate bread. They ate bread. This is the same group that was whining to God, get us out. Get us out. And now they're whining to go back because they, this sounds just like communism. You can beat the snot out of them, but if you feed them every once in a while, this is the spirit of Antichrist. For you have brought us out in the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may... Well, the Lord would never test you. Yeah, he would. He may put you in a place where he just meets your need for a while, just boom. And it looks like you're going to go under, but then boom. Because he wants to see what you do with it. He wants to see if you'll tithe on it. <laughs> I'm going to sit right there. <laughs> you have to. Because what you do with 10, you'll do with 10 million. What I do with 5, I'll do with 5 million. Right? People say, oh, no, it's not like that. It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. He's testing them. Not to kill them. To promote them. Because the prophetic word from the Lord is what? Go on to the promised land. Live in houses you didn't build. Come on. That's the promise. But did that happen? No, and it's not because God didn't do his part. It's because I didn't do mine. Right? And it shall come to pass on the sixth day that they shall prepare, this is verse 5, what they bring in and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily so that they have uh, uh, food for the Sabbath. Verse 6, then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel at evening, you shall know that the Lord brought you out of the land of Egypt. So God's doing demonstrations. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But who did it say they complained against? Against Moses and Aaron. But what did God take it as? Personally. What did Paul tell, what did God tell Paul when he appeared to him or Saul on the road? He said, why are you persecuting me? Not my Christians. Me. He takes it personally. But what are we that you should complain against us? That was a smart answer. Also, Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints, which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Verse 9, then Moses spoke to Aaron. So to all the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he has heard your what? complaints. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud and the Lord spoke to Moses saying I've heard the complaints of the children of Israel speak to them saying at twilight you shall eat meat and in the morning you shall be filled with bread and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In other words God is demonstrating himself in a particular way trying to get them out of what they're in. But who hears my complaints I'm talking about mine you can answer because I'm not talking about you who hears my complaints God does and what does he hear when he hears me complaining no faith no faith no faith no reverence no worship no honor no respect yikes 
Whew, that's a pugilist dealing with an antagonist. In other words, the word of the Lord goes, whack, whack. And I'm like, Lord, I thought it was supposed to open my eyes, not close them. <laughs> he said, it's just your flesh. Your spiritual eyes still see. In other words, I should not be looking for ways to make my flesh comfortable as a disciple. I should be looking for ways to kill my flesh and serve and not complain. The moment you start hearing, it's not fair. You pay attention. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about me. You, adults, the moment I start thinking about how I feel and how it's not fair and what they did to me, the moment I start going that direction, I know I'm in trouble. I know. If I'm sitting around, talking about me, if I sit around all day and think about all the people that came to the church and left. And I start going down the path of, well, Lord, I thought you wanted, th that's not the prophetic word over my life. I will die, I will stop, and I will die right there unless I repent. Because in the Hebrew, complaining means to what? Stop. I wonder if in the Hebrew or the Greek, I wonder if there's something attached to this. There's probably, I don't know if it is or not. I have to look at it. I wonder if thankfulness means go, grow, right? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.